Welcome to Season 2 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 82 is entitled The Celestial Railroad. Most everyone is familiar with John Bunyan's classic, The Pilgrim's Progress. David Hawkes, literary critic, in his introduction to The Pilgrim's Progress, reminds us that Bunyan, who wrote The Pilgrim's Progress while in prison for his religious beliefs, compares the world to a prison. In his allegory, Bunyan shows us how to escape our prison and reach Beulah Land, and thus inherit the celestial city, or the New Jerusalem. The Pilgrim's Progress shows Christian's journey through life as he struggles against the wiles of Satan to reach the celestial city. He teaches us that we must put on the full armor of God described in Ephesians 6 by the Apostle Paul. Having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked, taking the helmet of salvation, taking the sword of the Spirit, which is his word of God praying always with prayer and supplication in the Spirit, persevering to the end. It is a brilliant allegory as Christian embarks on an incredibly arduous journey which symbolizes the trials every Christian must face in his journey through life on his way back to heaven. Bunyan writes, I am indeed in prison now, in body, but my mind is free to study Christ, and how unto me he is kind. For though men keep my outward man within their locks and bars, yet by the faith of Christ I can mount higher than the stars. An American author of equal genius, Nathaniel Hawthorne, in tribute to the genius of Bunyan, wrote The Celestial Railroad. Hawthorne's short story is a satire, not against Bunyan, whom he obviously admires, but against America, which is abandoning the virtues taught by Bunyan and in our prosperity we are bypassing all the difficult trials Bunyan had to face. Christian, for example, had to put on the full armor of God and walk by faith, and he was tried to the extremity at every turn. Only by overcoming the trial of his faith did Christian make it to the celestial city. In Bunyan's allegory, Christian had to walk, often alone, and face each individual trial as it arose. In Hawthorne's satire, Christian takes a train and is guided by Mr. Smooth-It-Away, who helps Christian avoid all the difficulties faced by Bunyan's characters. The following is a comparison between the Christian's journey in Bunyan's The Pilgrim's Progress and Christian's journey on Hawthorne's The Celestial Railroad. Linda will read Christian's journey in Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress. I will read Christian's journey as described in Hawthorne's Celestial Railroad. As we read, consider the irony. In Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress, Christian walks to the Celestial City. Christian takes a train to the Celestial City. Christian walks by faith. Christian is led by Mr. Smooth-It-Away. Christian carries his burdens on his back. Christian stows his burdens in the baggage car. Christian waits through the slew of despond. Christian crosses a bridge over the slough of Despond. The keeper of the wicked gate struggles against Beelzebub. The keeper of the wicked gate hires Beelzebub's servants to run the station house. 
Christian fights against Apollyon in the Valley of Humiliation. The chief engineer who drives the train that carries Christian is Apollyon. Christian climbs the hill difficulty. A tunnel is bored through the hill difficulty. Christian must go through the Valley of Humiliation. The Valley of Humiliation is filled with rocks. Christian must walk through the Valley of the Shadow of Death. The Valley of the Shadow of Death is well lighted. Tophet is the mouth of hell. Tophet is shown by Mr. Smoothed Away to be merely an extinct volcanic crater. Faithful is martyred in Vanity Fair. The celestial train stops in Vanity Fair, where all are welcome. Vanity Fair is seen as a very evil place. Vanity Fair became a popular resort, and its inhabitants no longer believe in the celestial city. Christian left Vanity Fair as quickly as possible. The pilgrims want to stay in Vanity Fair. In Hawthorne's story, rather than walking to the celestial city as Christian did, the travelers directed by Mr. Smoothed Away take a train from the city of destruction to the celestial city. Rather than carry their burdens on their backs, they stow them in the baggage car. The first bridge the government built to ease the pilgrims' way was across the slough of Despond. It was insubstantial, wavy, and trembling. It was built with books of mortality, volumes of French philosophy and German rationalism, tracts, sermons, and essays of modern clergymen, extracts from Plato, Confucius, and various Hindu sages together with a few ingenious commentaries upon texts of scripture. Rather than the feud between Beelzebub and the keeper of the wicked gate, the prince's subjects were employed about the station house. The chief engineer, with a devilish look, is none other than Apollyon, who fought Christian in the Valley of Humiliation. A tunnel had been bored through the hill difficulty. The rocks from the Rocky Mountain were used to fill up the Valley of Humiliation. They speed through the well-lighted valley of the shadow of death. Tophet, fancily described by Bunyan as the mouth of hell, is shown by Mr. Smoothed Away to be merely a half-extinct volcanic crater. The celestial train stops at Vanity Fair, where all pilgrims are welcome. In Bunyan's allegory, Vanity Fair is Babylon, the world, or sin. In Hawthorne's Celestial Railroad, Vanity Fair has become a place of resort, a theme park, a kind of Las Vegas where what happens in Vanity Fair stays in Vanity Fair. In fact, what was once the place of martyrdom of faithful and the persecution of Christian was now a popular resort for everyone. Its chief stockholders were former pilgrims who made quite a nice living. Most of the inhabitants of Vanity Fair no longer believe that the Celestial City even existed. They refused to leave their beloved Vanity Fair. As Hawthorne informs us, Occasionally a member of Congress recruited his pocket by the sale of his constituents, and I was assured that public officers have often sold their country at very moderate prices. In John Bunyan's The Pilgrim's Progress, Christian comes within sight of the Celestial City, which is located upon a very high hill. However, before he can enter into the gates of the New Jerusalem, he must cross a formidable river that has no bridge. He is very frightened and remembers his unworthiness. However, he is led by Hopeful, who assures him that he is worthy to enter into the city. 
Therefore, Hopeful shows him how to cross the dangerous river. Still, Christian must overcome his fears and enter by faith. Hopeful tells Christian that he will find the river deeper or shallower, as you believe in the king of the place. Taking courage, Christian enters the turbulent river. However, he loses courage and loses sight of the celestial city, which looms high above on a very high hill. Bunyan records, Christian began to sink, and crying out to his good friend Hopeful, he said, I sink in deep waters. The billows go over my head. All the waves go over me. Salah. However, Hopeful says, Be of good cheer, my brother. I feel the bottom, and it is good. Then said Christian, Ah, my friend, the sorrows of death have come past me about. I shall not see the land that flows with milk and honey. And with that a great darkness and horror fell upon Christian, so that he could not see before him. Hopeful said, Be of good cheer. Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. And with that Christian break out with a loud voice, Oh, I see him again. And he tells me, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers that shall not overflow thee. Then they both took courage, and the enemy was after that as still as stone, until they were gone over. When Christian enters the gates, they are met by two shining ones who inform him that, quote, We are ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those that shall be heirs of salvation, unquote. The two shining ones take Christian to the holy gate. Above the gate is inscribed the words, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have a right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. Before letting Christian into the city, however, he has asked for his certificate, which he has carried with him. They take his certificate and show it to the king, who reads it and commands that the gate be opened. Bunyan records, now just as the gates were opened to let in the men, I looked in after them, and behold the city shone like the sun. The streets also were paved with gold, and in them walked many men with crowns on their heads, palms in their hands, and golden harps to sing praises withal. However, in Hawthorne's The Celestial Railroad, the pilgrims do not fare so well. From the beginning, Mr. Smoothitaway had helped them over the slough of Despond, through the valley of humiliation, up the hill difficulty, and through the valley of the shadow of death. However, when they get to the raging river, they transfer from the train on the celestial railroad engineered by Beelzebub and are put on a shabby steamboat that was supposed to take them to the gate of the celestial city, but it was like death itself. Their guide, Mr. Smoothaway, turns out to be a demon. He abandons them with hideous laughter as a smoke wreath issued from his mouth and nostrils while a twinkle of lurid flame darted out of either eye, providing indubitably that his heart was all of a red blaze. Christian, as he feels the cold water of death splash upon him by the wheel, mercifully wakes up from his nightmare. The genius of Hawthorne is that he has a double message. One, of course, the obvious, is his message to Christians that the easy way is not always the best way. He understood Peter when he said, Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. 
Grace be unto you, and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Who having not seen ye love, in whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. 1 Peter 1, 2-9 Hawthorne's message is also to all American citizens who want to keep their liberty. Just as there is no easy way to the promised land for Christian pilgrims, there is no easy way to liberty. He is warning our government that they are not to play the role of Mr. Smooth it away, thus destroying everything that makes America great, liberty possible, and democracy work. Hawthorne understood the necessity of self-reliance sacrifice, perseverance, integrity, and personal responsibility. The lesson, of course, is that free will, freedom, liberty, and agency are hard work. And just as there is no easy way to the promised land, there is no easy way to sustain freedom, liberty, and democracy. Today, our government, which has become Mr. Smoothed Away, is actually destroying the very thing that makes democracy great, the epic journey, the trials and tribulations, the challenges, courage, and self-reliance. Sometimes building a bridge over the slough of despond and a tunnel through the hill difficulty are not the best answers for us. And those with oily tongues, big plans, and expensive promises who are trying to smooth our way are not our best guides. The Social Democrats' philosophy is Mr. Smooth It Away. They are constantly telling us that you can't do it alone, big government is necessary, that everything should be free, education, health care, housing, food, that the wealthy should be forced by government to share their wealth, that no one should have to work hard or carry their own weight or be responsible for their own failures. They are redistributing wealth, stealing from the middle class, and giving too freely without responsibility or obligation to anyone who will vote the Democratic ticket. They are not leading us into the promised land. They are putting us on a leaking boat and leading us into the swamp of socialism and heavy debt. Like Hawthorne's pilgrims, one day we too will wake up and find that we have been in a nightmare. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.